Welcome to the Usually Dream of the Good Arm Podcast. We are joined today by by returning guests to the show, as well as 2023 uh, indoor football champion with Omaha Beef, Jordan Barton. Jordan, how are you doing today, bro? Doing good. It's always uh, always nice to be on your show. I enjoy it, so I appreciate you having me on. 100%. So first and foremost, congratulations on the season. Uh, congratulations on winning the championship with Omaha Beef. You know, obviously a great indoor team. You know, some some NFL coaches, such as Matt LaFleur and others, have actually played for the Omaha Beef. So talk to me about kind of, you know, what was the process for you kind of getting recruited for the Omaha Beef and kind of the season as it materialized? Yeah, so uh, prior to playing with the Beef, I was with the uh, Wyoming Mustangs the year before. Uh, Gabriel Martinez uh, actually accepted a coaching position uh, with the Beef, along with uh, Coach Pimmel, uh, who I had relations with relationships with previously excuse me uh and they you know asked if I wanted to go out there I said uh why not and you know I went out there I, I enjoyed it there's actually a coaching change prior to the season uh so coach Martinez and Pimmel weren't there uh, who originally recruited me uh but I decided to stay you know weather the storm and you know I came out with a with a championship so I'm not too upset about the outcome 100 <laughs> percent definitely can't be right so yeah Talk to me about kind of when the season started and kind of, you know, how you, I guess, the depth chart and you working your way into a starting role. Yeah, so uh, whenever Pimmel originally recruited me, he recruited me with the uh, intention of me being the guy. Uh, so that was one thing that really wanted me to, uh, made me want to go out to Omaha. Uh, I got out to Omaha, uh, you know, starting through camp. Uh, started the preseason game, had a touchdown and four catches, I think. And then uh, coming out, out of the preseason game, I ended up breaking uh, two fingers in my hand. So I was out uh, two weeks. Uh, they rested me for that third one, and then I came back uh, the fourth. So we played 12 games. I played seven, started six. Uh, so, you know, it wasn't the, the year that I wanted it to be as far as personal performance, just cause the injury kind of set me back a little bit, but, uh, going into 2024, you know, making sure I'm going to stay healthy, uh, you know, keeping all the same, uh, training principles that I had the prior season, uh, just trying to look in, going to camp strong and, uh, you know, do what I can to get my spot back. 100%. No, I mean, you know, I mean, that adversity tends to, tends to mold us and build us. I mean, I can... I don't know if you can see that, but that was the, you know, surgery scar right there. When they yeah, it's pretty serious. <laughs> yeah, it's, you know, I mean, it's never fun, you know, especially when you're, when you're trying to catch. <laughs> you yeah, it can definitely put a, a damper on what you're trying to do in that aspect. 100%. So, Tommy, so you, you, you obviously said the six, six to seven games you started and six, you obviously couldn't play. What were some of the best games you had in, in the opportunities you were presented this year? <laughs> uh, so, uh, I would say the two best games I had were against Sioux City uh, and Topeka. Topeka, I had three catches for 50 yards and two TDs. Uh, and then Sioux City, I had three catches. I'm not sure of the yards, but I had a TD. And we were actually playing uh, against Justin Gilbert, uh, former Oklahoma State. He was a uh, number eight pick in the 2014 draft. Uh, so it was cool to go up and compete against, you know, what was the best at one point in time and, uh, you know, just kind of hone my skills in that aspect. So uh, plus that rivalry, the Sioux City rivalry between them and Omaha is uh, pretty storied. So it's always a good time. 
hundred percent. Yeah, I know the suit. And and one of the things, you know, listeners who may not know this, but in the Midwest and especially that, that region, right, there still is a huge presence of arena football. And I think kind of to your point about the rivalries, right? I mean, these, these predate, I want to say decades, um, you know, back to, you know, when the arena league originally formed over, over three to four decades ago. And I think kind of to, you know, kind of what you said about, you know, kind of the, the talent, right? I mean, you kind of see that, 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 that's that, that saturation and that kind of that dissipation of, you know, of NFL players, you know, I mean, I remember, you know, the Chicago Falcons, when I played, you know, we had to go play the Western Michigan Ironman. They had some guys, you know, also played in the league too from USC and what have you. So, I mean, it's really interesting to see kind of how, you know, that that it's, it's like a melting pot, you know, so to speak. Yeah. Well, and then now the market, I don't know if you've seen what happened recently with the uh, USFL and the uh, XFL, but they had that merger. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, <laughs> eight teams are no longer uh, going to be performing on Sunday. So that's jobs that are lost and, you know, more talent that's going to come and play in, you know, the arena leagues uh, overseas and stuff like that. So they can continue to market themselves. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a very intertwined uh, uh, sport and you see people that you played with a long time ago, people you've heard about, you know, I've uh, I played division two football. Uh, my high school grades uh, weren't exactly the best. I wasn't the most disciplined student at the time. I was only concerned about football. So <laughs> Uh, I was only a D2 qualifier, but I played D2 sports and, you know, I'm in camp or, you know, people on my team, uh, my boy Trey uh, was a receiver with me on the beef last year. He uh, went to Louisville and Memphis, uh, played with Lamar Jackson, uh, Tommy Armstrong, uh, set big 10 records, <clears throat> excuse me, with the Nebraska Huskers. Uh, you know, there's talent across the board in all these leagues and, and the difference between them uh, is very small, uh, you know, just, one situation or one circumstance that puts one guy in a better situation than the other. And that's all it takes and just maximizing your opportunity. What you just said right there was massive because like you said, it can be one situation, one play, or, you know, like that, that, that changes the course of a career. Right. And yeah, that's kind of why, you know, I was asking the questions about, you know, when you got the opportunity, when you started, when you actually got, you know, like you said, your reps and, you know, before the injury. And now, like you said, coming back into next season, you kind of have a, you know, a mindset. I mean, would you say, obviously, you know, because it was a successful season winning the championship for the Omaha Beef, but, I mean, outside of the injury, what else do you think kind of, you know, has has been kind of, I want to say, like a motivator for you? Over the course of my career? Uh, over the course of your career or recently, you know, kind of, you know, heading into this next season? Uh, well, I'd say that I'm always my biggest motivator. Uh you know, it's it's not as much trying to prove others wrong, but, you know, prove myself right in a mm -hmm. sense. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, every year I go in with a certain uh, goal or uh, achievement that I would like to obtain that year. Uh, every year it's a championship. You know, the individual ones may uh, vary from year to year, but uh, the team goal is always a championship and you want to do whatever you can. Uh, to again prove yourself right and prove that you belong on a consistent basis and that's what is different between uh, you know high school college and the professional ranks to me is just the consistency you know you got to go out there and prove your worth every day uh, because there's always you know a younger cat on the block kind of come and take your spot so uh, if you don't perform you know it's a, it's a high turnover job you're only as good as what you've done recently so you always got to keep that in mind. Young man's game, as they all said. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm only 28. I'm not even that old. But I'm well, I mean, yeah, you're young. Uh, I mean, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
yeah, for me, I'm, I'm 33. So, I mean, kind of like, you know, not old, but, you know, it's like if in football years, that's like, that's like 70. So, yeah, <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> Absolutely. yeah that's why I hung it up at 29. But that's your point. Uh, and I and I think kind of, you know, what you we just said, like, you, like being your own motivating factor, what outside of kind of, you know, the ultimate outcome, the objective of kind of, you know, the Omaha beef, are you seeing any kind of other avenues? Like, I mean, and we're going to talk about this in a bit because you mentioned this on, on last time you are here. But kind of, do you see any, do you see this opening has, or has it already opened any other doors for you um, off the grid iron? Uh, yeah. So uh, in 2020, I opened my own uh, training business, Just Believe Athletics, uh, you know, started off very small, had a couple of clients and then, you know, purely through word of mouth and, and things of that nature, I've kind of grown, uh, you know, to 20 clients or so uh, rather consistently. And, uh, you know, it's given me opportunities to, uh, you know, train with people such as Quincy Carter. Uh, he was a Dallas Cowboys quarterback. Uh, me and him are pretty good friends, actually. Uh, he got me an opportunity to play with the Frisco Fighters uh, whenever uh, my San Antonio Valor team had some turmoil happen. Uh, and then I've also held a camp with him. So uh, I have another camp I'm hosting uh, February 17th and 18th with a couple of my uh, old teammates, some of the old connections I've made throughout my playing career uh, out in Canyon Lake in Central Texas. It should be a good time. Uh, you know, just really nice to give back some of the knowledge I've gained to the next generation and make sure that they're prepared, uh, you know, whether it be taking that first step as a freshman in a high school or the first step as a freshman onto the college gridiron. 100%. No, that's great. You know, so I mean, you know, thanks for sharing that. But also one more thing you talked about last time you were here, which I was basically kind of alluding to the 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 the, the non-fungible token uh, needs bees, right? Is that needs bees. Yeah, needs bees. So talk to me about that, you know, kind of since you last joined and kind of what 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 development has happened since then? Okay, so since we last talked, needs bees has kind of hit a little bit of a stalemate. Uh, the contract, uh, the person that I had handling the contracts, uh, wasn't able to get it done in a fashion that I wanted it to. Mm. Uh, so I had to go in a different direction. Uh, we are still in motion. Uh, it's just taken a little bit longer than was expected. Uh, I would expect by, you know, mid-year next year, everything's going to be up going 100%. Uh, and I'm looking forward to that as well, because it has been uh, in the works for quite a while. Uh, but as you know, sometimes with business things, take some hiccups and it takes just a little bit of a longer journey to get there so that's kind of what we're going through right now slow and steady wins the race right yeah yeah it's <laughs> yeah. about the, the tortoise and not the hare right always always <laughs> <laughs> and kind of what you just talked about um like you said giving lessons to the other kids and kind of your camps that you're hosting with just believe athletics i've seen how how involved you are and it's really incredible stuff you're doing so i'm sure you know people already commanded you for that um how has that kind of been like a funnel because you mentioned the college gridiron and also kind of height and so Kind of, you know, when I was coaching high school varsity right before the pandemic hit and the pandemic hit and then that kind of ended, I, I, there was obviously that kind of like pipeline, you know what I mean, where you have that commingling of the college and the, and the high school. It's the kids who just want to be good enough to high school. So is are you working with all levels or is it kind of just like a targeted group of like, you know, kids trying to get better, you know, so that way they can, you know, get some college tape? Uh, I work with all levels. I try yeah. and do the best out of each kid and help him achieve the personal goals that he has. So, you know, obviously I have guys who want to play division one football. And then, you know, I got guys who just want to start on the varsity team, uh, you know, with the ones that do want to play at the next level, I try and provide them uh, opportunities that I may not have necessarily had back in my day. Uh, for example, I got, uh, five of my guys on a, a game day recruiting trip to Rice, uh, 
the coach was actually a uh, player trainer manager back whenever I was at Kingsville. And, you know, we used to cut it up on the sidelines or whatever between uh, drills. And, uh, you know, I just utilized that connection and got them, uh, you know, uh, seen and, and, and got the film seen and stuff like that. So, uh, you know, I try and give as much as I can uh, and just try and help each individual kid achieve whatever personal dream he has. Uh, Cause I feel like any dream is possible. It's not about talent. It's just about the amount of hard work you're going to put in. Uh, I was listening to a podcast with Gilbert Arenas the other day, and he was talking about greatness. And he said, you know, what what does it take to be great? And there's no set definition of what it what it means to be great. And he said that, uh, you know, he had a certain perspective and things that he was doing and he thought he was being great. And then he hears, uh, you know, stories of Kobe Bryant you know, going to the gym at 4 a.m. in the morning, shooting 150 shots at each, you know, spot in the gym. And he's like, it's like, no fucking way. You know, <laughs> he, he shows up to the gym at 4 a.m. in the morning and he's seeing Kobe Bryant hitting full game reps, shooting, you know, 150 shots at each location. So he writes it down. Then you hear something similar about Ray Allen. So, you know, everyone's on their individual journey to greatness. To me, it's more so not about what you're doing, as long as you're doing good work to move towards the goal, but it's the amount of hours that you put in, are you dedicated to your craft enough that you're going to, you know, sacrifice some other luxuries so that you go in and you work on the fundamentals of your game? Cause that's, what's going to separate, you know, uh, a player long-term. I mean, listen, I, I'll tell you right now, I am by far not the most athletic football player that I have ever seen. There are people on my Nassau community college football team that should have been playing as long as I have had the opportunities I had. But again, it goes back to those little situations, those decisions uh, that could hinder a career, or put it in a different path. And, you know, whether it be grades or whether it be, you know, baby mama issues or whatever it may be, they could no longer continue to play. And, uh, you know, everyone's path is different, but just put in the hours, you know, make sure you're with like-minded people who are trying to achieve the same goal as you. And, uh, you know, anything's possible so that's what i'd be preaching to my kids two things on what you just said because you made some you hit on some pretty massive points um you know kind of the gilbert arenas the kobe bryant document and kind of that quote quote and also kind of what he said and how so many other players echoed you know kind of the the, the observed behaviors of kobe i am um, I, I remember i was watching the the redeem team drop documentary uh, a few months ago mm. on netflix right yep, and then everyone carlos boozer all these guys are all like yeah we were like, all in the lobby and then we all see kobe like and then like he has his gear it's a 5 a.m and then they're like, bro, where the fuck you going? Like, where are you going? And he's like, he's like, I'm going to go to the gym. And then everyone's like, no, man, we got to sleep. And then he's like, okay, fine, I'll go by myself. And then, then that kind of instilled, like, you know, a practice or, like, you know, I want to say a shared behavior. And, like, kind of what you said about, you know, the company you keep, right? You know, good, 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 good behaviors breeds, you know, good practices. And that obviously breeds, you know, better outcomes. And I think kind of, you know, with what we saw with Kobe and how he was able to instill that, 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 that culture with everyone, you know, it helped them kind of, you know, obviously what they did, you know, redeem themselves and then win the gold medal. And now they've just won one every single year since then. Right. Um, and then one more thing, I think, uh, you know, if you, I, I watched David Beckham's documentary on Netflix, which just came out, I think it was a few weeks ago. And he was talking about same, the same process of when he was little and his dad would just basically tell him left foot, right foot, left foot, right foot, left foot, right foot. And, and like, it was such a grind from the get go. And he, and, but he had to keep that intensity as he progressed through, you know, graduated through, all the different levels of competition that he competed at, you know, through life, right? And I think kind of with those lessons that he learned, he was able to take that and obviously build, you know, a five hundred and a half billion dollar career. Now he's a businessman, right? And I think kind of like you said, you know, what 
what you read and kind of what those practices are that you do and the people you surround yourself with at this point, you know, while you're still kind of early on, if that helps kind of, you know, set the foundation for later on when you want to venture out at some point. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, and since you, you know, touched on Kobe, uh, you know, everybody would always say that, you know, Kobe was a baller, but he may have been a little bit selfish. And, you know, <laughs> uh, I listened to uh, an interview Kobe gave one time and he talked about why he was that way. And after listening to that, I 100% agree with him. He says, uh, you know, I know how many hours I've put in the gym, how many shots I've taken to prepare for this moment. I've seen you, you know, sleep in uh, uh, through practice or, you know, not be attentive in film or whatever it may be. I trust myself to take that shot. I don't necessarily trust you. And I mean, once he put it like that, I'm not even mad at him because you know the work ethic. You know he's not, you know, bullshitting. So, hundred <laughs> percent. That's actually yeah. why I went. That's actually why I went to Kobe night. You know, back when we went after the helicopter crash, because I was like, oh my god, like you know, because you have to, like you said, disrespect that work ethic, and it's just ridiculous the amount of, like you said, time and effort and concentration, and kind of like you said for your own journey. You know, I think that's kind of it's interesting because you mentioned you touched upon talent. Like you know, for me, I wasn't naturally gifted or athletic at, at, as well. You know, I mean, I ended up playing till I was in, right before I turned 30 and then I was it, right? I mean, basically my knees gave out. But, you know, like you said, right? I mean, there were guys who were way more talented at my JUCO, you know? And, you know, I mean, even for me, like in high school, like those habits weren't there yet. But, you know, once once you kind of instilled them, you know, when I got to college and started, you know, taking that stuff seriously, that's when, you know, you started seeing the results. And that's why my coach, you know, who's now in the NFL, Coach Keith Williams on the Ravens, right? He was able to kind of he and he was able to bring these NFL wide receivers like James Jones from the Packers. You know, he works with Tyree Kill, bring them in and like and bring that cohesive kind of you know, I want to say just like this again melting pot because then everyone could see that example. Because when you see James Jones in your spring ball yeah. running routes and doing everything, then what then what is your excuse? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you get like oh you know coach like I I'm not doing it. like I'm too tired oh you know like, like that, that's an NFL wide receiver. You know what I mean? Like, like hitting the practice field. Like that, that, all that applies to everyone. <laughs> yeah, no, iron sharpens iron. So anytime you get to go out there and compete with or against, you know, some of the best, it's always, a, you know, kind of a, a motivator for you in a sense. And you want to put your best foot forward. 100%. Yeah. So we have about, yep, 10, 15 minutes. But so kind of talk to me about kind of what your, what your you know, uh, resolutions are for the new year and kind of anything else. Uh, you know, I don't really be getting into the holidays too much. Uh, I try and just make sure I main, maintain consistency as much as I can, uh, like I spoke about before. Uh, you know, just again, some of my goals going into uh, camp, you know, still trying to develop a little bit of my speed. I uh, still want to put on about five pounds, uh, you know, just daily consistently working on my hands, you know, the usual things. Uh I will say one thing I do want to touch on with you before we hop on here, though, is uh, just landscape of college football right now with NIL, the transfer portal. You know, I have my own views and uh, uh, opinions, and, you know, I kind of want to see what yours are and hash them out a little bit. Absolutely. I mean, the way I look at it, you know, I'm, I, I've been a Coach Prime fan my whole life because I'm a Niners fan, and I watched Prime as a kid. And, you know, I love kind of what he was able to do with Colorado. And I love the fact that athletes are able to get paid. That's just my personal take because I think NIL is a good thing. I think when RG3 addressed it, he kind of said it, you know, it's great for kids. 
because now you have an option for you know these these guys who are basically bringing millions of dollars to a university who otherwise couldn't see access. To that. I mean, you watched the Fab Five documentary and Jalen Rose talked about it like twelve years ago. He said, "Here we are, you know, and and you see all these merchandise with our faces on it, but we have to ask for you know for dollars so that way we can get you know a snack from a vending machine." And you know, I mean, you have these kids who are not from the best socioeconomic backgrounds. Yet they're being used, and I think you know. I mean, we can talk about so many other examples. Like Kaepernick talked about the NFL draft, and yeah, you know, I mean, it's they're they're using this, you know, this 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 athlete, you know, as, as a means to kind of you know fuel more revenue, but athletes aren't able to get an, a share of that, right? So it's the business model doesn't work. So what the fuck is the NCAA doing? <laughs> you know, I mean, if someone wants to transfer, if someone wants to, you know, I'm glad they they got rid of of, of the one year eligibility rule because. If someone is good, like Lofa Tupu, all-pro linebacker for the Seattle Seahawks, he had to transfer from Maine to the USC because he wanted to get more reps. He wanted to be at a bigger place. So he had to sit out that one year, redshirt. And then, but, you know, he said, had I played five years, he probably wouldn't even gone higher in the draft. He would have been a top 10 pick, and that's millions of dollars. So I look at it from the athlete perspective. I side with the athlete. NIL is great. Um, transfer portal is great. You know, you got a problem with it? Recruit harder. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Yeah. Uh... So yeah, let me let me air out mine and then you tell me what you think. So right. I 100% agree that athletes need to be paid. Uh, I think it needs to be, uh, you know, really from the D2 level up. Well, really any any level that is is profiting uh, from the football program, uh, they should be making some type of stipend or whatever you want to call it. Uh, my problem with it now is it's a little bit like the wild, wild west. Uh, I feel like sometimes too much freedom is, is a bad thing. And with the transfer portal, uh, you know, there were, there's 4,000 kids in the transfer portal right now. And, you know, we always want to talk about the, you know, uh, good stories whenever you got the former three-star recruits, the guys who went and played at, you know, Georgia tech or UT Martin or something like that. And then they get picked up almost immediately in the portal. But what about those guys? And I'm speaking from experience because whenever I was at Kingsville, I had to have that awkward conversation like, hey, coach, like this, this ain't for me. I'm trying to leave, you know. And for me at the time, uh, there was that uh, uh, eligibility rule. So if I wanted to go to another division, whether D2 or D1, I had to sit out a year and that would mess up my eligibility. So the only option was JUCO. So, again, I do agree that the transfer portal is good. But here are my two conditions with it. So number one, I feel like NIL, fantastic. Places like Texas Tech are giving players like $20,000 a year uh, just to be a scholarship player on the team. Fantastic. But my problem is it's basically like a free agency now. Okay. Yeah. There was no loyalty to the school. Instead of, because I'd be telling my guys this. I don't agree with it, but this is what I tell my guys. If you have an opportunity to go and play your freshman year, doesn't matter what level it is, and you get film and you dominate at that level and you go and market yourself uh, to other uh, teams in the portal, you shoot up. Now you're going from playing just for a scholarship at a D2 to going to a 1AA and now you're making 10 grand a year. You know what I'm saying? And then yeah. you go there for your sophomore year and then you ball out again and now you go back to the portal and market yourself. It's basically like NFL free agency. I don't agree with it, but I want my kids to work the system, not have the system work them. Now, what I would like is to have uh, that NIL money be put in some type of trust fund. Okay, so whenever uh, a kid gives two years, they at least obtain their associate's degree. They can withdraw that money 
from that fund and use it to their own, uh, you know, free will. Doesn't matter what. Uh, they then they then can enter the transfer portal after that two years. So that's one school plus the transfer portal. That's your second school. Uh, after you attend two years there, you get more trust fund money after you graduate. If you graduate in four years, then you get to transfer again as a graduate student to whatever program. I feel like there has to be some type of regulation because to be honest, I was young, dumb, and 18 at one point in time, and I was not ready to make those type of decisions. I think that you know there needs to be some type of guidance, uh, some type of boundaries, because again, I saw the other day that uh, Marvin Harrison Jr. was talking about, uh, or there was talk of him not declaring for the NFL draft because NIL money he might receive would be $20, $30 million. Well, not <laughs> only is he now making more money potentially than a first-round draft pick in the league, so where's the incentive to work hard, push hard, and want to get to the next level? He's also making vastly more money than a lot of these college football coaches. So I'm not saying with Marvin Harrison in particular, because I'm sure he's a good kid, uh, but there are some kids out there that don't have the best reputation off the field, but they're going to get paid. And now they're just going to be an asshole because they got asshole money, you know, and they're not going to keep on working for it. So I'm 50 50 on it. I deserve I, I mean, I believe that they deserve to get paid. I believe they deserve to have access to the portal without, you know, messing up their eligibility. But I mean, we got to put a limit on it somewhere. 100%. No, I'm with you. I think kind of with the like you said, the lack of regulation and these kind of kinks that they're working through. I think that's kind of where, you know, we're still kind of seeing it's 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 going to take time, I think, you know, because it's not going to get right now. This, this still kind of the early stages has been in effect for two seasons, I think. So I think after maybe like another like to your point, if they're able to kind of, you know, regulate, like you said, kind of, you know, keep like you said, the fund. I think the trust fund, I'm really with you on that because then that's incentive. Right. So or if something, you know, like you said, kind of like insurance, if something doesn't happen or something doesn't work out for whatever reason. Right. Then you have that, you know, to basically lean back on for the work you did put in. And, you know, like you said, you get your you get your associate's degree, you have the option to continue or you can stop. And I think kind of, you know, to your point about the kind of the marquee players, right, like Michael Marvin Harrison Jr., you know, or what have you. Right? It can be anyone. I think ultimately, you know, we have to figure out kind of ways to make sure. And I, I think kind of the, the fine line is kind of, you know, dude. The problem with me, with me, the reason why is, I mean, fuck the NCAA. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's the most corrupt, most corrupt organization and, in, in, in all the world, honestly, outside yeah. of the U.S. government. Yeah, 100%. Well, <laughs> yeah, pretty much, yeah. And so, I mean, ultimately, like, that's, you know, all these organizing bodies, right? They're basically, like, you know, responsible for kind of, you know, how much money they get in. You look at the UFC, for example, right? Dana White has the same exact system where buyers are getting paid pennies on the dollar. So the NIL came into play and now it's basically you're giving that power back. But I agree with you that, you know, there should be some kind of level of, you know, of, of, of balancing out how much that kid is going to get, but also how much can they, how much money are they bringing in? Bring some transparency to that. That's what I want. I want some transparency, how much money they're bringing into the sport. And I want to see how much they can divvy that up. Yeah. The top player can get maybe like, you know, the, the, the I mean, the, you know, the, the highest share, but then like you said, Divvy it up against, so everyone gets a piece of the pie if the team is doing well and they're bringing in money for the school because I think that would be the best way to make sure that you still incentivize these players to want to work hard to go to the next level because it won't be, like you said, first rounder or NFL money, but then you also have the option of, you know, having something to fall back on if for whatever reason the NFL doesn't work out because there's only a 2% uh, you know, success in the NFL. And, and on that note, I, I definitely think that there needs to be some type of unifying body that gets classes specifically for athletes that teach them about taxes, that teach them about entrepreneurship, 
that allow them a different avenue once their playing career is over. Because, I mean, you know, whenever you were playing, I'm sure, and whenever I was playing, it was like, okay, you know, you got class, but then a coach would be like, hey, you know, skip class to come watch film, you know? And, <laughs> like, that's cool. Uh, you want to say I'm a student athlete, but my whole career I felt like an athlete student. So, you know, I got my degree in political science and history, I've never really used it. You know, I, right. I, I train individuals and I use my football degree that I've maintained right. uh, instead of my my academic degree. So uh, I just feel like there has to be some type of, of better uh, platform for athletes to get into these, you know, Fortune 500 companies and things like that. If they're not marquee players and their name isn't known uh, because we didn't have the opportunity to go and do internships in college like a lot of the other kids who didn't have to do athletics uh, got to. So we didn't get that initial step in the door. And, you know, it was really just free for all once you graduated. So uh, definitely feel like the NCAA or whatever body can set student athletes up for success more than they are right now. 100%. So, you know, I mean, I think for now, like you said, not perfect, but it, it's, it's, Good to have it. That's I think that goes on that. And like you said, step by step, these these tweaks and iterations to the process should hopefully make it so, like we said, you know, a, a more kind of you know balanced kind of system so everyone everyone profits. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. absolutely. All right, you got five minutes. Closing thoughts. Uh, closing thoughts. Uh, you know, make sure y'all check out Omaha B football this year. Uh, watch your boy number eighty one. Eighty one forever. Uh, you know, <laughs> Make sure y'all keep tuning in to my boy's uh, podcast. He's always got good stuff on there. And, uh, you know, at the end of the day, consistency is key. Be your best self. Consistency is key. Everyone, Jordan Barr, number 81 from Omaha Beef. Just trained, just believe athletics, correct? Yes, just sir. believe athletics at Instagram. And you can find, follow him, uh, JB, I believe, Mr. JB13 on yes, IG. Sir. Any other socials? Uh, my Twitter is like JB8107 or something like that, but that's it. That's it. All righty. Everyone, join Barton. Thank you all for tuning in and uh, tune into Omaha Beef next year because you know I will. <laughs> <laughs>